Hello, everyone, and welcome back to SALT Talks. My name is John Darcy. I'm the Managing Director of SALT, which is a global thought leadership forum and networking platform at the intersection of finance, technology, and public policy. SALT Talks are a digital interview series with leading investors, creators, and thinkers. And our goal on these talks is the same as our goal at our SALT conferences, which we're excited to resume in September of 2021 September 13th to the 15th here in our home city of New York for the first time. But our goal on these talks and the, the goal that we have on these uh, conference series is to provide a window into the mind of subject matter experts, as well as provide a platform for what we think are big ideas that are shaping the future. And we're very excited today to bring you a SALT talk with Ashraf Rizvi. Ashraf is the founder and CEO of Gilded and is responsible for the strategic direction and day-to-day -day running of the firm. He has over 20 years of executive experience as founder, managing partner, and global business head. Prior to founding Gilded, Ashraf was the co-founder and managing partner of Summerhaven Investment Management, a commodities management firm overseeing nearly $2 billion in assets for retail and institutional clients, including endowments, foundations, and family offices. For more than 13 years, Ashraf was the senior leader at UBS, holding a variety of roles in New York and London, including global head of commodities trading, Global Head of Metals, Global Head of Emerging Markets FX, and Global Head of Credit Repo. Previously, he was the head of FX Options Trading in New York for Credit Suisse. And prior to that, he was a senior trader at Susquehanna Investment Group. Ashraf earned a Bachelor of Science in Economics from the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. He also served for more than 15 years on the undergraduate board uh, and the Europe, Middle East, and Africa board at the Wharton School. Hosting today's talk is Anthony Scaramucci, who's the founder and managing partner of Skybridge Capital, which is a global alternative investment firm. Anthony is also the chairman of SALT. And with that, I'll turn it over to Anthony for the interview. You know, after all these SALT talks, I'm surprised you haven't mispronounced my name once just to like give it to me a little Darcy, you know? Tony Scaramucci. I'll go with that one next time. You do something like that, okay? Uh, Ash, Ashraf. You got an amazing career, so I want to start there. Let's go to the amazing career. You come out of school. What's the first thing you do? Well, first, I'd, I'd like to say thanks a lot for having me on, Anthony and John. I'm uh, looking forward to the conversation. So undergrad out of Wharton, um, decided to start my first uh, business venture right out of school with a number of uh, colleagues. We started trading in Philadelphia, grew to New York, Chicago over the years. And uh, it was a great learning experience. We were trading FX derivatives. It was a phenomenal time in the marketplace. And uh, we had a great opportunity to learn and grow as individuals. And, uh, and then ultimately ended up at uh, Susquehanna where we got the opportunity to trade uh, in a bigger environment over the counter, uh, was involved in the early days of the ERM breakup and of course the demise of Sterling on Black Monday as well. So it was a great learning experience. and. Um, and a great opportunity to learn what it was like to be an entrepreneur. Okay, so I'm going to stop you there because you've got a lot of young listeners. When you say the ERM breakup, what you're referring to is the exchange rate mechanism that dissolved in 1992. Uh, there were short positions put on. One of the most famous ones was Stan Druckenmiller and George Soros, where they were shorting the pound because they knew that the Brits wouldn't be able to support the pound's valuation. Uh, and they would have to accept some level of devaluation. I think it's a good point because you have a lot of history with this. We've been devaluing our fiat currency since 1971, August of 1971. The 
U.S. government under Richard Nixon's orders took the U.S. dollar off the gold standard, $35 an ounce today. I guess it's around $1,700 or so. Um, and tell us if why all of these things are important and how they lead up to and are the precursor to you being the founder of Gilded. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> I think the story really starts in that I, I view it as my entire life, I feel like I was getting ready to do something like Gilded. And uh, I, I point to maybe a few things. So one, the extensive experience in the financial markets. So having lived through that uh, breakup of ERM, Black Monday, being involved in the financial markets, whether it was uh, dealing with central banks, um, high net worth clients, family offices, institutional clients who want uh, good good money management. All of these, I think, contributed to what I did, uh, what I've been able to do. I think also the other part that was very important is that I had the opportunity to start two different companies that were successful. One right out of school that we just touched on. Another that was started in the after the uh, during the great financial crisis that uh, grew to manage a few billion dollars in commodity assets, uh, and then and then there's also a personal touch to it. So I'm a second generation immigrant. Grew, uh, my parents are originally from India. They moved in the '60s. I grew up in a small town in Iowa, so classic Americana. And uh, I still remember, you know, my parents used to send money back home to their family. And, uh, you know, help them, you know, be uh, successful in difficult economic times in the 70s. And I remember my dad telling me about the fact that the gold price was, as you touched on, $35 an ounce back then. The rupee was uh, seven and a half to the dollar. Today, it's 74. And so what we're looking at is a world where um, we've seen currency debasement. The dollar has become less valuable. The rupee has become less valuable. All currencies have become less valuable. Their purchasing power has shrunk tremendously. Um, from 1971 on, um, the dollar has lost 95% of its purchasing power. And you know that. We all know this. If you go to the store and you buy eggs or milk or anything, you know that it costs a lot more than it used to. And so I think this is, this is really what's driving uh, the push now more than ever for things, assets like gold, which has served as a tremendous and a historic store of value for thousands of years. The problem is it hasn't been functional. And so what Gilded really does is we take uh, physical gold and we make it digital, mobile, and usable, which is really about making it functional. How can we make it operate like money without all the negatives of, of money, which is that there's the, uh, you know, the, the general currency debasement across the world, the big issuance of debt and spending, which ultimately is, is going to be hard to pay back. And so here's something that we can use that's stable, supportable, and uh, something that can hold its value over the long term. So let me rephrase it just so that I know that I have it. And uh, maybe John could also help me with this. You are basically uh, warehousing gold. And so you're going to then digitize it over the blockchain so that people can own portions of the gold that you're warehousing. They're buying it from you. Do you think that that gold then would trade differently than just spot price gold in the marketplace? Or do you think that the fact that it's been enhanced by a digitalization or the digital model, the blockchain, makes it more valuable? 
Yeah, so that's, that's a really good uh, that's a really good point, Anthony. So I think it makes it much more valuable um, in the sense that it becomes functional. And so by that, what I mean is that you get all the benefits of owning the physical asset. So first, what's the benefit? One is that it's your title and it's your property. And so if we think about the fractional reserve banking system, you don't have that. When you deposit money, when any of us deposit money in a bank account, it's no longer your money, it's the bank's money, and they give you an IOU. When you have securities or other assets often that you hold, they become the custody of some other party at the end of the day and you have counterparty risk. Let's think about the great financial crisis. You might have securities at a, an institution that could go under. In our case in Gilded, it's not us who are the custodians. It's your property, it's your title. It's sitting in a Brinks vault, fully insured, audited, um, both for the quality of gold, but also that it's audited that you're holding is immutably stored on the blockchain. So you get all of those features, but you also get the additional feature of the fact that can, we can make it functional. So in certain countries such as India and Middle East and Turkey, we already have product where you can send it to someone else instantaneously. You can own the entire bar, you can own a partial bar, and it's still your property or title. We aim to launch in the US soon, we have to get some regulatory approvals that allow us to be able to do the send functions, but we'll be able to at least allow you to be able to buy and hold and store so that you have a better store of value. So that's really where I think the value proposition is, is that it's your asset, but it's a functional asset rather than what a lot of people remember it to be as a very expensive paperweight. Okay, so the non-Bitcoiners out there, uh, the Bitcoin skeptics or the crypto asset skeptics, they should like this, right? They're getting the best of both worlds. They're getting a material money, uh, hard currency, however you want to describe what gold has traditionally been over the last 5,000 years. And they're getting the convenience and the portability and the transferability of the blockchain. Exactly. Yeah. So I think um, our core vision is about freedom from fiat. And as you know, Anthony, um, Gold has served as freedom from fiat for 3,000 plus years. It was the original money. It served as the foundation for money for thousands of years. And up until 1971, it backed pretty much all the currencies through the US dollar, which ultimately was tied or pegged to various other countries' currencies. Uh, since then, of course, we've really floated freely. So, so that, I think, is an important part of it. Of course, the, the vision is to make it digital, mobile, and usable we've talked about and, and really make it functional. And so I think for uh, investors, I like to think of it as freedom of choice, depending on what it is that you want. If you want that physical asset, as well as the digital component, I think we're a great place for you to go. I think it's also valuable in the sense that we know that gold is pretty stable. The price isn't moving a lot uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. It's not something, it's not a get rich quick fast. It's about stay rich quick for a long period of time and uh, protect your wealth, store your wealth and, uh, and do it in a safe, secure way, um, but also have the ease of use where we can use a, a mobile device to be able to access the, the marketplace and to have the benefit of the liquidity of the entire gold market, which is huge on a daily basis, trading close to $200 billion a day, which makes it roughly the fifth largest currency in the world. Yeah, and, and listen, uh, I 
I'm a Bitcoiner, but I'm also have a huge amount of respect for gold. I, I think you've had 5,500 years of history, if not longer. If you go back to the tombs, the Egyptian tombs are all layered in gold. So obviously, they, it's had value. It's held value uh, for, throughout generations, throughout world history. Uh, so tell us how you're going to create demand for this. What is the audience uh, that Gilded is going to be attracting? So I think the great thing about this product is that uh, I think the audience is everyone. So whether you're an individual investor, whether you're a hedge fund, asset manager, pension fund, institutional client, a corporate, or even a government, you're a target audience for us at the end of the day. Why? One, store of value. Everybody's looking for better stores of value. Gold is a great store of value. It has served that purpose, as you just mentioned, for thousands of years, and people know it. They trust it, and it's it's quite stable. So that that's that's a that's that's most important. Is let's take that store of value that we know and let's make it functional. Let's make it do things that you can't do with it if you just buy the brick and put it in your safe deposit box or in your house. Um, let's make it movable. So in other words, let's be let's offer the ability to send it to other people. And so in the US, we hope to be able to offer that in the coming months once we have regulatory approval. We're already doing it in other countries. Um, let's make it possible to earn a yield, a yield enhancement product. Let's tie it perhaps to a credit card or debit card. Let's make it possible to take a loan against that physical gold. It's your property, it's your asset. So you can take a much higher loan than for example, you can with the securities markets uh, for an ETF or something like that. Let's make it pledgeable as collateral. So if we can make it pledgeable uh, as part of repo or other, other factors that uh, other, other mechanisms that can allow you to access liquidity. All of these things become possible when we digitize that asset, which are not possible when it's just a physical asset as it used to be, as has been for thousands of years. And, and tell us about the fees. And how do you get, how do you get access? First of all, do you need to go through your digital app, or are you going to be on people's platforms? Uh, and then what are the fees? Yeah. So the fee there's there's really three layers of fees, and it depends on what you use. So um, first, the the fee is for onboarding. So you buy the asset, and now you're you've got it in the vault, and you get all the benefits of having that. Uh, so there's a small fee for that, typically one percent. Um, and now you own that physical asset at the end of the day. Uh, a second fee is um, if for the storing, the validation, the uh, audit of both the gold, the, the blockchain of your you know, respective ownership. Uh, and that's typically 50 to 100 basis points, depending on the size of your holdings. And so here it's applicable, as I said, for the retail client all the way to a corporate or government um, and the nice thing is if, well, if you're sending gold to another party, it's free. So you can think of it as a super highway in that once you're on the highway and you have access to the asset, now you can move it freely 24 seven frictionless. Um, so those are the two primary fees. A third fee is in the event we offer you a premium type of service or additional service, such as a loan or a yield enhancement product or a, um, uh, a ability to you know pledge as collateral, then we may do a revenue share with the party who helps us facilitate that. But for typical, for most people, it'll be 
the purchase and then the storage and validation. And I'd like to just point out, Anthony, which I think is very important, is that compared to if you did this yourself or you did it online or bought the physical asset yourself, these fees tend to be considerably cheaper than what you would be paying if if you're doing it by yourself. Okay, very informative. Uh, How is the gold secured from a physical and cybersecurity perspective? So that's that's something, of course, that's very important to every investor, and and you know this, uh, Anthony, from what from what you do is that safety uh, of the assets for the clients is is uh, paramount, and so we do a number of things here. So one, first of all, the asset itself is sitting in a Brinks vault. Brinks has more vaults than any other uh, facility in the world. They have them everywhere. We 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 have Swiss-based Brinks vaults. We can also store in New York, London, various other. Uh, cities and countries around the world, fully insured by Lloyd's of London, audited, physically the gold is audited within the vault that uh, it exists and it's the real thing. And of course, auditing of your holdings uh, and and the blockchain on which it's kept, um, which is Hyperledger. Um, So it's a permission blockchain. So full KYC AML compliance. So we're very sensitive toward the regulatory side. And then from a cybersecurity perspective, We're leveraging Microsoft Azure, AWS, major cloud service providers, which have built in significant cybersecurity. And then we're also focusing on it through other vendors and also on on protecting your PII, where we segregate that and split that from anything we store in the blockchain. So your personal information is obtained completely separately. And so all of these things are very, very important. But of course, one of the most important things here is you own the physical asset. Somebody can't steal your digital part and then that's it. You still always have the physical asset and you also have the right and the ability to take physical delivery if you want. When are you launching in the U.S., Asper? So we're, uh, we're hoping to go live here on a beta, early beta here in the next uh, few weeks uh, through the Apple Store and through Google Play. And I, I believe that by salt will be uh, in, the, in the marketplace. And then we're waiting for approval from regulators for cross-border activity. And so what that means is that we have to get certain money transmission license, et cetera, which we're already in the process of applying for. And that will allow us to make it possible for party A to send to party B instantaneously 24-7. We do have that ability to already do that in India and various other countries that we're operating in. The U.S., point out the U.S. is a little more complicated because that activity is governed on a state by state level. And so you have to tackle each state independently. There's no way to do it at the um, country level. Um, And some other places you're able to do that. Before I let you go, uh, I got to ask a question. John Dorsey is going to take over here in a second. He's going to, of course, try to outshine me. And the good news is, is I know he's at his house right now, and I only live two miles from him. If he tries to outshine me, Ashraf, I'm going to run him over with my car, okay, <laughs> sometime this afternoon. So that's just a threat, John. So you can report that to the local police. But before I bring John in, who will ask erudite questions, of course, um, what do you say to the crypto people? What do you say to Bitcoiners, people in the space of Ethereum? Uh, what what's your reaction as a advisor as a business person 
Should they be selling their crypto to own gilded and gold? Should they own some of it, uh, both? What do you say? Well, uh, first I'll start by saying, so we're, we're not crypto and we're not a stable coin and we're not part of the Frank Scholl banking system. So that's that's first thing in that we're providing you the ability to own that physical asset and then make it digital usable and uh, mobile and usable. Um, that's, that's item one. And uh, the second thing I think I would say is that um, we're about freedom of choice. People have um, an interest in non-fiat assets. And I think gold has been the original non-fiat asset for thousands of years. And I believe it will continue to, to exist. And, and we can make it more functional than it has ever been before. And that's what the objective of Gilded is. I think uh, for, for all investors, whether it's individuals, hedge funds, asset managers, pension funds, uh, governments, they need to have a variety of assets in their portfolio. And I think there's a place for all sorts of different assets, whether it's stocks or bonds or gold um, or digital gold in, in our case um, or crypto. And that's ultimately up to the users. But I think we we occupy a different space. I don't think we have conflict with crypto or but you know um, stablecoin or fiat for that matter. I think we just offer a different solution that can be helpful to people, help um, you know, ultimately in their store of value, protect their life savings, and be non-correlated assets to stocks and bonds, which when they tend to sell off, gold tends to shine very brightly. And uh, so it, there's a very important place that it serves. And I think we can make it more functional than it has ever been before. And that's the whole mission behind Gilded. Well, since it's it's a great message and a a great product, I'm going to turn it over to John. Ashraf, it's great to have you on here. We look forward to having you at Salt as well. Um, what is Gilded for Good, and how do you see that uh, you know part of your business or, or the initiatives that you work on? How do you see that developing over the next five to ten years? So, Gilded for Good is something I'm really excited about. I think it's it's an opportunity for me, after having done so many things on in Wall Street, to really um, to do something that can make a positive impact on society. And so, how can we do that? So, I think there's many ways. So, one, let's look at uh, my own personal case of my parents sending money back home, remittances. $600 billion market, average fee that people are paying is 6% to send money back home to their loved ones. We can make that cost at least less than 50% of that. And so here's an opportunity where we can have a positive impact. Second, let's think about the billion plus people on the planet who are unbanked. The financial system has not served them well. We're already in conversations with various firms that how can we uh, allow these folks to be able to complete the KYC AML process and be able to hold that asset that they want, which gives them store value and be able to plan for their financial future. Third, the $100 bill is the most laundered instrument in the world. Gold is second and art is third. By holding that gold in a vault and having it digitized and traced, 
it means that we can take a certain amount of that asset out of the system where it can't be laundered. And we know exactly who's got it, where they're keeping it. And that's good, whether it's from a CRS or FATCA perspective, but it's good from a government regulation perspective as well. So, and we can also make an impact on, on the environment. Most of the gold that exists in the world, 200,000 metric tons, has already been taken out of the ground. That's 80% of all the gold there is in the world. That only leaves 20%. 1% comes out per year. So by re-refining existing gold or using gold that's already in a vault, we can reduce the burden on the environment by not moving it. We're not consuming hydrocarbons. We're not putting it on a plane or on a truck. It's just moving from, let's say, me to Anthony or it's staying in our possession, it's staying in a vault, very low energy usage. And so I think all of these are ways that we can have a positive impact on society. Yeah, the sustainability piece was, was another interesting piece to me. You know, there's a lot that's been made in the cryptocurrency world about Bitcoin, the, the energy that goes into Bitcoin mining. Oftentimes Bitcoiners, their uh, retort to those accusations is, well, you know, mining precious metals and and transporting precious metals and, and the entire security ecosystem that exists around, you know, safeguarding fiscal assets. So that uses a lot of energy as well. How do you this? How do you think that Gilded and these types of technologies are going to disrupt sort of sustainability questions around gold and, and precious metals? And what's your view on, on that sustainability piece? Yeah, I think that's a great question, John. I, I, I think the key here is that um, there's a big sunk cost. As I said, 80% of the gold is already out of the ground and it's, it's, it's sitting in really three or four places, really three main places, but four in aggregate. So one, half of it is in jewelry, 25% is, is in bars and coins, and 20% is in central banks. And then the balance is basically um, in, um, in functional applications like yours and my iPhones or, or Samsung devices or laptops, computers, various under, other in, industrial applications. And so that's already out of the ground and we've already paid the cost of that. We don't need to pay an additional cost. Now we're just storing it at the end of the day and that's a relatively low cost exercise. Um, and as I said, relatively small amount of, of the gold comes out. That part is a dirty business and I think the mining companies are doing a better job of, of addressing that, but it's not something that we have to, uh, maintain on an ongoing basis. Once you right. take it out, you put it in a vault and it stays there. Um, so I think that's very important. And I think the other, other thing is, you know, there is a benefit to society if we can cut down on illicit and nefarious activity. That's positive for society. And so whether it's the $100 bill or, or a bar of gold or, or, or art that's uh, forged or uh, illicit, anything that uh, reduces that or, you know, can be... Um, reduce things like human trafficking or child labor, all of these, these are all often uh, associated with various instruments that people are using in order to be able to get paid so that they can't be traced. And so this right. is something that we can clearly cut down on. And I think that's a positive um, from, from a social good. So your career that I read at the beginning of this SALT talk, you're steeped in financial markets. You've been involved in FX markets, uh, commodities markets, you know, you're a markets guy. And we had um, another uh, another group on for a salt talk recently. The CEO was talking about how he thinks eventually, you know, there's a world of crypto, there's a world of of FX, there's commodities, there's you know the traditional stock market today. He thinks that you know with the rise of of blockchain and other 
technologies, that those markets, the, the lines between them are going to blur. Would you agree with that sentiment that you think that eventually there's going to be sort of tokenization blockchain technology that applies across all kinds of different asset classes? And what do you think the implications of that are for how financial markets operate? So first, I think is about asset classes. And so I, I, I agree with you and, and, and your previous speaker that I think lots of asset classes are relevant to any portfolio. That's modern portfolio theory. It goes back to um, you know, the 1950s, um, uh, Harry Markowitz. And so what do we want? We want asset classes that generate positive returns that are non-correlated. That's the goal of every, whether it's a hedge fund, manager, pension fund, individual, everybody desires that. Well, I think whether it's stocks or bonds or uh, gold, they're all fit that bill in that they uh, generate positive returns, non-correlated. And I suspect your prior speakers touching on the same point with crypto or even whether it's wine or art, I think there are many assets that fit these bills. So they're all relevant from that uh, modern portfolio three theory perspective. So I would agree with that. The second um, <clears throat> part of the question is related to blockchain. So I have to admit, I'm a huge fan of it. Um, and and I, I suspect uh, you and Anthony are as well for a lot of reasons in that we both share this common uh, experience of managing money as a fiduciary for other people. And we've all had to deal with the fact that we have data, whether it's about our individual trades or managers, et cetera, that we have to retain. And then our auditor has that data. And then the exchange has that data. And our administrator has that data. So all these different parties have to get this data in order to perform their function. And so I remember that this was an enormous you know, uh, exercise. You have to validate it. You have to reconcile it with blockchain. We all have the one set of data, which is the source of truth. And we could all share that. What a powerful solution that is for any financial firm and for anybody that whether it's my data or my uh, my data, my auditors can have it, other parties that I work with have it, and we all know we have the exact same thing. I think that's a really powerful thing, and it's going to be huge in the financial markets. So the last question before we let you go, over the last decade or so, obviously cryptocurrencies have been on fire if you look at you know percentage appreciation of those assets from very fringe pieces of technology to now somewhat mainstream, you know, especially if you look at things like Bitcoin and Ethereum. Gold during that period hasn't performed as well. Anthony actually did a recent debate with Peter Schiff on gold versus cryptocurrencies. As Anthony said, he's not a gold bear per se, but uh, it was just a, sort of an intellectual conversation around the future of alternative stores of value. But I think you know, gold in the context of something like cryptocurrency obviously doesn't feel as technologically forward or advanced as this new world of blockchain digital assets. Do you think companies like Gilded are, are going to help transform the image of gold and potentially help um, help gold rebrand itself and potentially drive better performance over the next decade? Or do you think it's more of something you're just trying to get people access to what you think is a very stable store of value and insurance against you know a lot of uh, craziness that happens in the world? But Asrep, just to reiterate before you answer the question, in that debate with Peter Schiff, I was just talking about the virtue of Bitcoin. He thinks Bitcoin is worthless. And so I'm just saying to him, it's not worthless. Here are the properties of why it isn't worthless. Uh, but I have a tremendous amount of respect for gold. You know, I'm trained as an economist like you, and I understand the value that gold has had in our 
civilization for millennium. And, and so therefore, I have a tremendous amount of respect for gold. It's not a, a debate with me whether about gold is going to exist or not. I think it was more about, will Bitcoin be here? I believe it will be. But go ahead, answer the answer the question. Yeah, so I, I agree. So I think um, let's start at the basic level. So first, it, it has been a store of value for thousands of years and, and has been a good store of value since it's really been separated from government control, which really starts in 1971. And as I said, 8% a year for the last 50 years. And, and I think you touched on and a key point there, John, which is that that doesn't mean you get 8% every year. It doesn't mean you get three quarters of a percent every month. It's not a, a financial instrument like a T-bill or T-bond uh, or a corporate bond at the end of the day. Of course, they, there you take a different kind of risk. Maybe you don't get paid at all and they default. Um, so you get the asset, you get the return from the asset over long periods of time, but over shorter periods of time, there may not be any return or it could even go down. So it's sort of similar to currencies, for example. And so I think the last 10 years, we've seen that it has been pretty flat. But if we look at the last 20 years, since the beginning of the millennium, gold has rallied uh, 9% per year, and it's done better than stocks and bonds. Also, if we look at the bigger picture, 1980s, 1987, dot-com bubble, great financial crisis, 2020, COVID. In each of these cases, these were stress events where stocks and other risky assets fell tremendously. In many, most cases, 30, 40, even 50%. Gold in all of those cases went up. This is part of a portfolio exercise. And you know, this is part of more modern portfolio theory, and this is why people should own the asset. With regards to the other thing that you touched on, which is bringing it into the 21st century, I think we're living in the fourth revolution. That's what uh, that's what there. That's where we're at. The first one is really about the UK, and the second one, of course, is about Detroit and mass production, um, and the, and the third one is largely about Silicon Valley and technology. This fourth one. I think most people believe is, is a global phenomenon. And um, so here's an opportunity where we can impact people on a global basis by leveraging technology and leveraging that most ubiquitous of devices, which is a smartphone or a mobile phone, which most people on the planet who are over 10 years old possess. And so now we're making it possible for them to access this store of value that they'd like to have, own it as the, their property, their title, and have it stored away in a safe, secure way and be able to do it from their mobile phone. And they can log in, create an account um, and make a purchase in a matter of minutes from anywhere. That I think is about bringing it to the 21st century. And that's, I think, where the world is headed is that more uh, solutions and products will be uh, all about ease of use and access to what people desire and want. And here we're making digital, mobile and usable. Well, Ashraf, it's a pleasure to have you on. What you've built is a fascinating innovation, uh, again, that, that you just touched on it, that's bringing something that's been a store of value for thousands of years into the fourth uh, revolution that's going on here with, with digital assets. So congratulations on all you've built and continue to build. We look forward to seeing you very soon at the SALT Conference in New York. We're very excited. Uh, in the New York Post, we have Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, confirmed his attendance recently. Uh, sort of reaching out an olive branch to the business community in New York, as New Yorkers were very excited about that. And 
and uh, and everything related to the conference. We have a great lineup, including yourself. So thanks for joining us. Look forward to seeing you soon. Anthony, do you have anything for Ashraf before yeah, we let him yeah, go? Yeah, just letting you know, I'm going to invite you back on Salt Talks. If you digitize those Muhammad Ali signed gloves behind you and you offer me them up in an NFT, which I'll gladly purchase. Those are <laughs> some hot gloves, Ashraf. <laughs> well, look, uh, John and Anthony, thanks so much for your time. I really enjoyed the opportunity to have the conversation Again, just wrapping it up, Gilded, where it's all about uh, making physical gold digital, mobile, and usable, and really making that asset functional like money and being able to offer all the different services that people want and desire, whether it's being able to borrow against it, create a return, be able to do it on an easy-to-use mobile application. And uh, so that's what we're really excited about. Our vision, of course, is about freedom from fiat. And uh, I want to thank you for your time. And I really enjoyed the conversation. And I'm looking forward to uh, participating in SALT. Thank you, Ashraf. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in to today's SALT Talk with Ashraf Rizvi from Gilded. Just a reminder, if you missed any part of this talk or any of our previous SALT Talks, you can access them on our website at salt.org to view all of these episodes that we've done over the last 18 months on demand. Uh, We're also on social media at SALT Conference on Twitter is where we are most active. We're also on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook as well. And please spread the word about these SALT Talks. Again, we love educating people about innovative companies, innovative ideas, and Gilded is certainly sort of on the frontier of fintech innovation uh, with what they're doing around gold. But on behalf of Anthony and the entire SALT team, this is John Darcy signing off from SALT Talks for today. We hope to see you back here again soon.